0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the PFM Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Blewis, joined by PFN's fantasy and betting analyst, Kyle Sapi and Jason Katz. Kyle, Jason, how are you guys today?
1: Doing good. Just getting ready for week nine. No big deal. We got Thursday Night Football. We got a whole bunch of things going on. It's a good week. Four teams on a bye. Don't get me started on the bye week thing. But here we are. We've got action, and I'm here for it. Absolutely. Katz, uh, sec- third time on the program. First time for uh, the week...
0: The entire week of previews How, how's it going
2: yeah this is a, a new experience for me the full hour long pod looking forward to it um Soppy bringing that energy here is, is kind of getting me energized I mean he sounds so positive and everything minus the whole bye week thing but yeah I'm really looking forward to this discussion
0: yeah absolutely happy to have you on you've officially moved up from the minor leagues to the big leagues so I'm getting a preview <laughs> going from one game to at least 13 games if I'm counting right. I don't know, but let's dive right into it. Our first one for the slate is in Germany, but it's a really good one. It's actually worth waking up, even if you're Jason Katz for this one (laughs) at 9.30 in the morning Eastern time. So Dolphins playing against Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs really short favorites is one and a half points. There are two and a half point favorites earlier in the week. So there has been some action of the Dolphins. Not sure if it's that actually or the injury news or could get some key players back this week. They had Joe and Ramsey come back last week, obviously, but this week they should have back Javon Holland, Xavier Howard and Connor Williams, all important pieces for them. I'll start with you cats. What are your thoughts on this game?
2: When it comes to betting size and totals or particularly sides. I'm very big in narratives when it comes to these things, because it's, it's very hard to really assess the NFL. And a lot of it is things that I, I, we just don't know what's going on in these teams heads and whatnot. Chiefs. Coming off a really, really tough loss last week. I mean, I'm sure they didn't want to lose to the Broncos. I know Pat Mahomes had the flu and he sure played like it. I have a hard time believing the Chiefs are going to go back home and they're going to lose back to back games. I know that it's probably more of a public play here, but I'm siding with the Chiefs in this one. I think they get it done with a one and a half point spread. What I'm looking at right now, I mean, that's basically a pick'em. I think they win this game by somewhere in the seven to ten point range.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there, and I'm gonna throw the stat at you. And games when the point spread is three points or less. So the Chiefs are either favored or underdogs of three or less points. They are 19-6-1 ATS at Patrick Mahomes as a starter. So they really obviously get up for these bigger games when they're playing against bad teams and they're big favorites. They tend to take their foot off the gas and they come back with a backdoor cover. I am a little concerned here about how good this Dolphins team might be. Their defense looks a lot better with Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, Chiefs pass catchers are a big concern besides Travis Kelsey. But Kyle, what are your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I tend to side with you guys here. I just think the Chiefs are the more complete team. And we've got this Germany dynamic that we don't know exactly how that's going to play into things. But I would I would side with you if, if I'm betting this game, which of course I am because it's a football mm. game on Sunday. That's how we do things. I've got two under 36 and a half pass attempts. He's been under this number in six of his last seven in Kansas City. Sixth in time of possession while Miami ranks 21st. I don't know if they're going to have the ball a ton and if they do there are these big strike plays which is great for Miami scoring and fantasy and all that good stuff but it doesn't increase the attempt count in a in a rapid manner. So I think Tua under 36 and a half pass attempts a decent play if you're propping in Germany.
0: Speaking of props it's I'm surprised we took this long to talking about this game without mentioning it's a Tyreek Hill revenge game. His oh, yeah. receiving yards line currently at FanDuel is at 92 and a half. Jeez. Seemed like he goes above that number every week unless he's playing against the Eagles when he did have 11 catches and still couldn't go over this number. Any interest there? Things have a big game. Things have been a narrative trying to force him to the ball. Cats, you're our biggest player prop guy. I'll start with you.
2: I love me a good revenge narrative, but when it comes to player props, I very rarely will take overs on the top guys Same. like you know Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill. The numbers are so high, and yeah, of course, they're liable to go over half the time, but I just don't like expecting a player to essentially have 100 receiving yards. Tyreek Hill can have yeah. a massive game, for, especially for us fantasy managers out there and still not go over this number. I tend to, sh- to stay away from those type of guys. I like to focus more on the on the smaller guys who don't get as much attention from the sports books. I think there's a lot bigger of an edge to be found there. So
0: you're saying Sky Moore, right?
2: <laughs> I-, I will take Sky Moore unders every week.
0: <laughs> Kyle, um, what are your thoughts? Do you-, do you think Tyreek Hill could be in for a big game here? I mean, he basically has them every week, but at the same time, you could say this is the best defense the Dolphins have played against all year, which is kind of funny to say about a Patrick Mahomes-led team.
1: Yeah, I think you could see something like that Eagles game that you mentioned, a high-volume, low-yardage game. So if, I, if I'm if i going that direction, I'm going under. But you want to know how fun rooting against an under on Tyreek Hill is? Zero. Zero fun. I will not be playing that. If I had a lean, that's the direction I'm going. Not playing it.
0: Yep, I'm on the same page as you guys here. Moving on to the next game of the slate, we're going from Patrick Mahomes versus Tua Tagovailoa to we don't know who the quarterback is for the Rams versus Jordan Love. But, but the spread kind of indicates here that Matthew Stafford won't be playing because the Packers shouldn't be three and a half point favorites against anybody. Kyle, sorry to say that with the Packers hat in the background okay. there. I know, I know that's your team. I fell over the trap last week of fading the public narrative with the Packers as short home as short home underdogs against the Vikings. I thought it was easy sell high buy low game. Even though I've been a pretty big Jordan Love hater this season, ever since I was kind of high on them. And their potential win at NNC North going into the season, but they've been flat out bad. Like, they're mm-hmm. for this game, I'll give you guys my first play here. I took their team total under at 21 and a half, the juice only at minus 125. They've only exceeded that number once this season, and they're just often just horrible. And starting with Jordan Love, and I don't want to throw too much of a dig at Matt LaFleur here, but it seems like Aaron Rodgers kind of carrying him a little bit as a head well, coach maybe. for a few years, just a little bit in Green Bay. But another play here wouldn't mind me the first half under. It's at 19 and a half currently. The Packers haven't scored a touchdown in the first half since week two. Kyle, you're the Packers fan here. I'll start with you. Do you have any thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not betting the Packers. That's my thought. I've watched this team, and that that's the only angle you can have here. I don't care that the Rams have a backup quarterback. I... I'm not comfortable betting this game as it stands right now. So I'm going to six point tease it. I'll take the Rams up. I'll take the total up and go under it. So you get the Rams up to nine and a half, the total under 44 and a half minus 120 over there on DraftKings. Not a bad way to play this. I don't know if either team is capable of getting to 20, which makes 44 and a half a big number. And it makes nine and a half point spread, almost impossible to cover if you're not scoring 20 points, something Green Bay hasn't done since that week two game that you mentioned.
0: Yeah. I just don't see any universe where they could win by that many points, but then again, Last time I said something like that, it was the Cardinals beating the Cowboys, and sure. it happened. Cats, what are your thoughts on this game? If you have any strong opinions or strong plays here?
2: Now, Soppy mentioned about the the Rams having a, not caring that the Rams have a backup quarterback. Uh, some might argue that the Packers are starting a backup quarterback you as a starter every week.
0: The GM agrees.
2: <laughs> so I, I don't have much confidence in Jordan Love, and I, I just I'm completely out on this Packers offense. I I would not. I would not put the side in this one though, but I definitely like the under in this in this one.
0: Yeah, we're gotten to that point of the season where you can look at pretty much every matchup and have an argument for taking the under pretty much every game. Under is a bit hitting and at incredibly high rate. The books keep adjusting, but we'll see if they adjust enough. But we have a lot of very low totals this week. Moving on to the next game with the Buccaneers versus the Texans. From my point of view, this game they look like really similar teams. All of the quarterbacks have been pretty similar in play this year. Baker is 13th and EPK per play, plus completion percentage above expectation. Stratton's 16th. Defenses are 14th and 15th EPK per play. Either team could run the ball, and no team could run the ball against either team. That's why I kind of lean towards the underdog here getting three points. I feel like the Texans got a little overvalued in recent weeks just because of how well C.J. Stroud was playing and relative to expectations, not only going into the season, but the past couple of years, how bad they've looked. They got overrated just by being competent, and I think the the Ears are probably an even team at worst. So I like the hook. I like the advantage getting three points here. They all start coming off a long week. Not a strong play though. I'll just leave the underdog here. I'll start with you, Cats. Uh, any thoughts on this game?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean this is a tricky one to evaluate here because I do like the text. Uh, sorry, I do like the Bucks to get the job done here, even with the Texans as favored. I think the Bucs are looking for a bounce back game after last week's tough loss, but I'm more looking at a prop here. And I have gotten away from my roots over the past uh, couple weeks. And I I have not taken enough, I have not taken enough Rashad White rushing unders. Because I mean, Rashad White, I give the guy credit. He's definitely better than I gave him credit for as a receiver, and he's been doing really well in the passing game. But, man, this guy just can't run the ball. He is not an NFL-caliber runner. He's averaging 3.32 yards per carry. He has only had two games all season where he had a yards per carry average of over 3.7. His highest rushing total came back against the Bears in Week 2 with 73. Other than that, we're looking at 39, 38, 56, 26, 34, and 39. And I'm looking at a, at a line here at 50.5. Yeah, I mean against the Texans' uh, uh, defense, that's allowing 3.4 yards per carry to running backs. And that's a perfect, the perfect setup for Rashad White to take 12 carries for 36 yards and go under this number.
0: Yeah, I was as you're talking about that. I pulled up his uh, rushing yards prop, which only up to DraftKings at the time of recording, and came a little higher than I expected. And when you're betting player props, closing line value was so important here. As we learned last week with the Monday Night Football game, we're all on <laughs> Josh Jacobs' under. And then a drop so far that the under lost, unless you got earlier in the week, we all won. But we could have middled it was the funniest thing. And usually I never have any luck middling these props because your margin for error is so small. But yeah. Kyle, any big thoughts on this game here? Where are you leaning towards?
1: Yeah, man, I'm going over the total here. We got 40 points. I think you guys might be overthinking a little bit. This correlates with Katz's prop. Both teams, over 72% of the yards come through the air. That's great for possession count. That's great for clock. I mean, you're either hitting these big plays with the passes or they're incomplete. The clock stops and we keep rolling. You mentioned both defenses are stout against the run. So both teams are going to be passing the ball a ton. I'm going to have exposure all over the place in DFS. And if I think this game's going to go off like that in DFS, give me the over 40 points Texans and Buccaneers. You mentioned that the Indians seems could run the ball and that they should be pretty pass happy.
0: The Buccaneers are a little bit more pass-heavy than I expected because usually Todd Bowles is one of those old-school. You have to run the football, establish a run. Ever shot coach. <laughs> yeah, shot White. Yeah, because he's defensive-minded. But they're 11th in the pass rate above expectation this season. Yeah. But the Texans, on the other hand, are 26. So that's not. At the same time, it's a low total though. We're not asking them to go over 44 and a half points. It's exactly. 40 points. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too concerned with that stat throughout there to go over total that low. Moving on to the next game of the slate. So my internet is really slow right now. So I'm trying to pull up the game in order. Apologize here. Commanders versus the Patriots. We all know the fire. sale the commanders had on Tuesday, their owner, Josh Harris had a really busy day trading, not just Montez sweat and chase young, but James also Harden. James Harden. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, I think this line has swung a little too far. I think it's kind of overreacting to the fire. sale the commanders, I mean, those are two really good young edge rushers and Chase Young and Montez Sweat, but their defense was atrocious even with them. So, how big can the drop off be losing those two guys? I mean, when they're on the team, they're allowing the fourth most yards per game. And even with the as talented defense lines they've had, they're 24th in pass rush win rate, which doesn't really add up when you're looking at the personnel they have on their front four. And the, at the same time, the offense they're going against, the Patriots. Can you trust them against any defense, especially now they can't. lost Kenzie Warren for the season? I mean, I bet them last week against the Dolphins, and it looked like they're going to cover that number, but Mac Jones just threw just the worst interception of Jalen Ramsey late in that game. I like this number when it was below a field goal. Now I like it for the commanders on the other side. I just don't think, I think the Patriots are still getting a little overvalued here. The commanders get a little undervalued because they're fire sale. Cats, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts
2: here? For, for this one, I'm just looking at, the way that the commanders have been running their offense all season. And like you said, surprisingly, they have been one of the most pass heavy teams in the league, a 64% neutral game script pass rate. In four They're number of his pass
0: in pass five, rate above expectation.
2: Number two. Exactly. In four of his past five games, Sam Howell has attempted at least 41 passes. Now I understand that the Patriots offense May not force the commanders to have to run a bunch of plays or throw a bunch of times, but that's what they want to do anyway. And I do we have seen the Patriots put up enough of a fight in some games to force teams to throw. They, they just beat the Bills a couple weeks ago. I like Sam Howell here over 34 and a half pass attempts. You get that right now at minus 105 on DraftKings. Just that's just in, correlates with what he's been doing over, over the past month and really over the whole season.
0: Yeah, um, I have to correct myself. I said the line was a three and a half. It dropped to three. Right before we started recording. So I guess the, the odds makers and some of the sharp money there agrees that that nine got a little too high. But uh
1: Kyle, I'm curious about your thoughts here. I'll go ahead and take the commanders' money line at plus 135, 136, Whoa. depending where you look there. I mean, that's not a bet on the Commanders. You know what that is? That's a bet against the Patriots, which is something I'm comfortable yeah. doing every single week. I mean, their bottom quarter of the league in yards per play, third down offense, time of possession, points per play, yada, yada, yada. I could keep going, but you guys don't want to hear stats for days here. The Patriots are bad. The Commanders are slightly less worse. Give me the Commanders at plus money on the money line. I don't mind that
0: play there. So has got to sprinkle some dogs for this weekend. What better time to take an underdog when they're going against the New England Patriots in the year 2023? Moving on to the next game Chicago Bears versus New Orleans Saints. This line was at seven and a half early in the week. It's now gone up the entire point to eight and a half. Tyson Bajant, it's a nice story in his first start against a really bad Raiders team. Then last week, he looked like an undrafted yeah. rookie coming from D2 College, and it doesn't get any easier for him. He went against a bad Chargers defense, looked very underwhelming this week going with the Saints defense been one of the best in the NFL this season the Saints offense guys finally shown sides of life last week 511 yards of offense against the Colts defense so as bad as they've been they're still not as bad as Bears defense I think for me this is one of those no-brainer teaser spots I like to a lot better though and that seven and a half because even though the key numbers are usually three seven ten I'm still a little worried about two point conversion nowadays I like to get below two slams for these uh six point teasers but I don't see how the Bears win this game, but 8.5 points is still a lot for a Derek Carr-led offense, even though as good as they were last week, as good a think they could be here. Someone fully trusts them to take this many points of them here, but Kyle, any plays you like for this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, the number's a little uncomfortable because it's death by a 1,000 paper cuts with Derek Carr, so even if you're trying, they win the game, but you might not get margin because they're going to get so many pos- – They're going to their plays per possession are just off the charts because, you know, it's either a handoff to Elvin Kamara – or a four-yard dump off to Alvin Kamara. So that's the way they go. I'm not playing with the total or the spread in this game. I'll go Tyson Badgett. Longest completion, I'm going under 31 and a half yards. They don't trust him to throw the ball, nor should they. Deep downfield, a 5.2 ADOT this season. New Orleans, fifth in time of possession this year, and they're fifth in tackle percentage. That means they're not missing tackles, which means those short passes, the DJ Moore and company, aren't going for those long extended plays. I think this is a Low possession game that sees a lot of long drives. I will go under 31 and a half yards for his longest completion.
0: I don't mind that play there. As you, as we all know, I got burned last week taking the under for his passing yards. That if it wasn't for that first play of the game, and Mooney, yeah, like, that you missed yeah, that, that shot to Mooney, that would have cashed easily. That took a big chunk of his passing yards, so tough loss there. Cash, before I kick it a year, I want to propose a player call for you here to potential bounce back candidate Chris Olave. That's kind yes. of the odd down this offense. Yes. His line for this one is only 16 and a half. I didn't catch a lot of that game last week, but I'm pretty sure he had an opportunity for a for a long touchdown and that he dropped it. I'm pretty sure he had him nine in the targets. Face. Yeah, it hit him in the face. Okay, even worse than dropping it. So let me read off his targets in the last three weeks. Last game, nine, week before that, 15, game before that, 10. He definitely seems like one of those guys that's due for a smash by bounce back game and my fancy teams could use it. I'm pretty sure he's on all of my teams, unfortunately. But uh, what do you think of his line here at 16.5 and, a half and uh, any other plays for this game? Yeah,
2: I I love Toppy's play. I'm definitely tempted to take the Chris Olave over as much as, you know, I really don't take many overs in any of my picks. Uh, he did an interview this week, and I saw it with Nick Underhill from New Orleans.Football. And what he reported was that Olave – is well aware of his struggles essentially, and that he needs to play better. and And I think there's going to be some sort of deliberate attempt, dare I say, a squeaky wheel, squeaky. Yeah. <laughs> that could get Alave going. You know, I love me a good squeaky ni- wheel yes. narrative. Who but doesn't? actually, I <laughs> I haven't finalized any Alave props yet, but I do have one for this game. This is the only prop I actually had going into this recording, which is Deontay Foreman under 41 and a half rushing yards. Foreman had those two nice games in Week 6 and 7, 15 for 65, 16 for 89. Those were were against much softer run defenses. He faced the Chargers last week, who have been surprisingly good against the run. Only nine carries for 34 yards. And more importantly, with Roshan Johnson back, Foreman only played 32% of the snaps. And... As as solid as Deontay Foreman is, I think that there's going to be a deliberate effort. to They they want Roshan Johnson to be the guy. And unless Foreman is lighting the world on fire, which he wasn't last week, I don't see any reason why this wouldn't be a split or possibly pushing more in Roshan's favor. You're giving me 41.5 against a very good Saints run defense that is allowing just uh, 78 rushing yards per game to running backs. Yeah, I'm going to take the under there.
0: Yeah, I think GameStreet works in your favor here as well. Roshan Johnson is more of their third down back because of College, the big thing for him was he's a very good pass blocker, and yep. Foreman is not a good receiver, say the least. But I hope you got your bet in already because that line has dropped at 39.5 at FanDuel and DraftKings.
2: I always get the lines out as soon as I see them. I, I, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but legitimately, I would say about 90% of my props, I am on the right side of closing line value.
0: There you go. Make sure when our player props article drops for the Sunday games on Sunday, make sure to check out the props, not just from Jason Katz, but Kyle Sapi and myself. Next game, this is another ugly quarterback matchup. Jaron Hall versus Taylor Heineke. Two backup quarterbacks here. One is a massive, massive downgrade. The other might be an upgrade, but I'm not (laughs) sure. I'm a little curious if this line has swung a little too much in the Falcons' favor. They're currently four and a half point favorites. There's juice on them. But the Falcons are a much better home team this year than away. They did lose Grady Jarrett to a season-ending injury. At the same time, Vikings can't run the ball anyway. But if you're a rookie quarterback, a road star is always is far from ideal, say the least. But he has a good supporting cast around him and a really good pass blocking offensive line, really good tight end, and a rising star wide receiver and Jordan Addison. Even without Justin Jefferson, Cats, um, I'll start with you. Any thoughts on this game here? Are the Falcons being a little overvalued with the spread because of Upcoming Taylor Heineke a Desert Ritter, or is that justified?
2: I do think the Falcons are going to bounce back this week. I, I really don't know what to expect from Jaron Hall. And I know that everyone here comes here for the expert analysis and they would love for me to tell them, hey, here's what I know about Jaron Hall. But the answer is legitimately not much. Okay. <laughs> he's someone that should not be starting in, in his rookie year. Maybe he surprises everyone and he's very confident or competent, but I, I don't know what to expect. As a result, I'm going to try and stay away from anything really on the Viking side of this. What I'm looking at is the same thing that I hit on last week, Bichon Robinson. Uh, Right now, we don't have a rushing and receiving combined line for him. All we have is rushing yards, and it's a pretty high number. It's it's set at 59.5, and that's a number that Bichon has only gone over three times this season, including last week. What I'm looking for more is when we get the receiving yards added to that, because typically the rushing and receiving total To me, that's a number you only want to use if you're going under because it's always higher than the sum of its parts, meaning the rushing line isolated and the receiving line isolated. You always get more when you get them combined. So typically what I like to do is when I see a player who I like his rushing yards under who isn't really involved in the passing game, I like to take the combined rushing and receiving under to get those extra yards to play with. Now, of course, Bijan typically involved in the passing game, but last week he didn't see a single target. That was despite playing 74% of the snaps. So, I wonder if there's going to be some sort of change in his usage. I mean, only 11 carries and no targets. I, I, even with the move to Taylor Heineke, I don't trust Arthur Smith to run this offense or call plays or do anything the right way. So, when I see that BJ number, I'm expecting it to be somewhere over 80. And if I get over 80, I don't have stats in front
0: of me about how much Taylor Heineke goes to his check down, but he's definitely a lot more of a gunslinger than Desmond Ritter. I feel like he's definitely a little bit more aggressive throwing downfield. Um, I like the insight there, especially with the. Mm-hmm. If there's a rushing receiving prop, you should take the under because those numbers combined are higher than each of them separately. But, uh, Kyle, any uh, thoughts or uh, plays for this game?
1: Yeah, I've got almost a correlated play oh, here. I'm going to go with Tyler Algier over 33 and a half rushing yards. We he, Katz was mentioning Bijan. No, that's just like a middle in finger. In the to the I know it's an over right and it's there. Algier. I don't here. love that yeah. angle, but you've got. Be- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what Arthur Smith does. The mighty mustache has that kind of power. But B.J. Robinson doesn't have 15 carries in a game since week two. You're looking at a guy in L. who's gone over this number in five of his last six games in which Atlanta didn't lose by 14 points. And correct me if I'm wrong, neither one of us thinks Atlanta's losing by 14 or more in this spot. I'm not playing with the total because like what Katz was saying, we don't know what to expect. They could be great, but we feel like we know what Will Levis was. Right? A pedigree guy coming into the NFL. None of us had expectations on him. He throws four touchdowns out of nowhere in his debut. So you don't know what's going to happen. So I'm not messing with the total or the spread in this yeah, game, but I will go Tyler Algier in the most frustrating play you could possibly have. You have a very unknown
0: rookie quarterback. Then you have Taylor Heineke. Turnovers can easily be in play here, especially in their own territory. And that's always the scariest thing when are betting it under, is not just taking the enjoyment Ooh, out yeah. of the game, but just praying there's no turnovers and like the worst situations. And speaking of turnovers, we have his next one, an even worse quarterback matchup. Who would have thought Clayton Tune versus PJ Walker? PJ Walker has probably been the worst quarterback in football this year. Last I checked, his PFF grade was twenty nine point three. That's out of a hundred people. That they're still, but at the same time, they're giving eight and a half points. For me, I don't see. I'm pretty confident the Browns win just because their defense's matchup against a fifth round pick rookie quarterback making his first start on the road. But that's just way too many points for P.J. Walker, in my opinion. But I can't take the Cardinals at the same time. This seems like another easy teaser spot for me. Again, I'm worried about the under here because of the turnovers. I'll start with you, Kyle. Any uh, plays uh, or any thoughts here?
1: The only reason I wouldn't tease it is because then you're counting on the Browns. And that, that is scary if it is P.J. Walker. But we don't know that it's not Deshaun Watson just yet. If it is... This gets interesting. This spread probably, I would guess is probably a middle ground. If, it, if Deshaun Watson's ruled out, maybe the spread comes back uh, probably still over seven, the key number. And if he plays, maybe it stays under 10, another key number, but I'm thinking he might have a chance at playing. We saw him back at practice. If, if he plays, or if you want to speculate on that, you can go Browns halftime full time at minus 175. It's heavily juiced, but you, you mentioned it. Arizona's terrible right now. They're not getting any better. You're talking about the best third down defense in the NFL against the 30th ranked third down defense. So if there's a team that's going to possess the ball, move the ball with consistency down the field, it would yeah, be the Browns with Watson. So I'll go halftime full time and speculate. That Watson and plays. The
0: line has moved up from seven and a half to eight and a half. So that could be the correlation there. Cats. This is not a good game for player props, so I'm curious if there's any you like for this one.
1: True. He likes unders. I it's am a complete, great game.
2: <laughs> yeah, if, if we get them. Right now, I am of no help to anybody. I, I Currently, this game isn't even on the board on DraftKings. Sure. They, they can't put up any player props because we don't know who's starting a quarterback for either team, really. So this is just a, we're in a complete holding pattern right now in this game. And no. to be perfectly candid, do we really – Do we really? That was like me and the Jets and Giants last week I had. I mean, this, I, we no action on, on that game.
0: Else. I didn't watch it until the very end when it was had to be on your TV because it was on everyone's TV with that thrilling overtime. But that game was so bad that it actually seemed like the game of the year, in my opinion. Uh, next game will be a lot better matchup and a lot better quarterback matchup. Seahawks traveling to Baltimore <laughs> take on the Ravens. Five and a half points for it. it's interesting here. This kind of feels like a similar-ish matchup we saw a couple weeks ago. And the Lions coming off a lot of momentum playing in Baltimore. And the Ravens just play up to their competition and play down their competition. Their score last week makes it look like a lot closer the game actually was. It was pretty sloppy in that game. They had no business blowing that cover. If you had the Ravens spread there, feel bad for you, but that's just the life of gambling. For this one, five and a half... I don't really – I don't know if I fully trust Geno in this matchup here. It's been kind of inconsistent this year. Last week, they scored 17 first-quarter points against a really good Browns defense. Then they didn't score again until there's 38 seconds left in the game. That's coming off a bad P.J. Walker interception. It's kind of funny. I had the Seahawks team total under – I knew about 19-and-a-half, 20-and-a-half last week. I thought it was dead at the first quarter. Then I had some life, and then it lost. That's just the worst way to lose when you think the bet's over and they sucker you back in. For me in this one, I'm in the Seahawks have that luxury <laughs> of capitalizing off PJ Walker turnovers, Ravens coming off a, a win, but a bad performance. I like them here at the five and a half. I think that's almost kind of a trap to take the Seahawks. Uh cats, any thoughts on this game?
2: Uh yeah, I'm not touching the side in this one with a total, but as always, I'm looking at player props and Gus Edwards has been running really well lately. Last two games, the volume has been up 80 yards and 64 yards. But before that, looking at 41, 48, 48, 51. And he's still playing around 50% of the snaps. So there's plenty of Justice Hill out there. I don't know if the Ravens are going to want to give Gus Edwards another 19 carries. If they do, then what I'm about to tell you, will probably lose. But the Seahawks are allowing 3.1 yards per carry. That is the lowest Mm -hmm. in the league. They only allow 67 rushing yards per game. Uh, I mean, that's, what, fifth lowest in the league? Gus Edwards rushing yard, is line is set at fifty four point five right now on Fanduel, and I'm going to have a hard time not taking the under on that one. I have not locked it in yet, but I'm seeing fifty one point five on other books, so fifty four point five on Fanduel seems pretty good if you can get to that. I think worst case, if you get cold feet, you could probably get out of it later in the week with a little yeah, bit of a sure middle. He's been banged so up I think that's something I'm going two, to lock in since we're for this. Uh,
0: full workload this week. Does my advanced stats with the Seahawks rushing defense their fourth in success rate and their 13th EPA per play. So it definitely lines up with the yards per game stats right there. Kyle, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I saw you shaking your head when I said
1: that. Yeah, you mentioned Geno Smith and not trusting him. I am 100% on board with that Yeah, I mean, we saw a bad Geno Smith for like a decade. He had one good year, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, Pro Bowl, he's the guy. He can take Seattle to the next level. I don't think we're at that point. This Baltimore defense is the real deal, easily the best in the league in terms of yards per play basis. So I'm going Seahawks under, team total, under 19 points this week. They're a bottom 10, third down offense and a bottom 10 team in terms of time of possession so if they don't have the ball and they're not moving the chains on third down i don't know how they're scoring three or four yeah, times I to get to like 19 points i Give might have to tell you on that you know, They got burned by it last week. week
0: but just like the seahawks schedule their point totals this year 13 points against the rams not good 37 points against the lions really good 37 points at the panthers good but they're a really bad team no. 24 against the giants that was before their defense would starting to take off only 13 against the Bengals, 20 against the Cardinals, who are a really bad team. And they had a good offense performance last week against the Browns, but almost all of it came in the first quarter. So don't really know what to believe here. And like you said, hard trust Gino.
1: What was well, that the common team? Read those three teams Giants, again that they did well Cardinals. against early in the season. Okay, it was Lions, oh. <laughs> Panthers. You've got all blue teams. The Ravens have no blue in their logo. So I'm seeing a, cor- a correlation here. We're fading the Seahawks against I non no blue teams, and we are saddling one, up when they play a blue their, logo. You need
0: analytics team. when you just go buy colors or jerseys, right? <laughs> uh, next game on the slate. Oh, yeah. Not, another boring game. Yeah, just not? week after week, just have bad, bad matchups. For this one, Colts versus Panthers. When this first came out, I like the under forty-four and a half. It has since dropped a point. The narrative coming out of the Panthers last week is that the change of offensive coordinator, I mean change of play calling duties from Frank Wright to offense coordinator, Thomas Brown was a was a great success. Their offense is gonna start finally getting into rhythm. But if you take out the two New York teams last week that were basically punting on every possession and set offense back like at least two decades, they had the worst offensive performance by success rate last week. So I'm not totally there yet. Yeah, they scored just 15 points, generated just 224 yards of offense. And if you're as Colts defense, like, you know, 511 yards to the Saints last week, who not a good offense, but has a lot more talent at and at the skill positions than the Colts. I mean, than the Panther, than um, the Saints, excuse me. This would be a bounce back spot for your defense. And under has been hitting a extremely high rate for the Panthers this year. If I could find our line back at 44 and a half, that's a key number there. Sort of, I'll take that under. Panthers as a home dog is pretty intrigued against a Colts team that's kind of fallen back to reality after overachieving the first few weeks of the season. You never know Gardner Minshew each week, though, but uh cats, anything you're eyeing in this one.
2: I'm waiting to see if we get a line on Zach Moss's rushing yards. I don't think Zach Moss is going away. I know he played a ton in the second half last week. And we really don't know why Jonathan Taylor only had, I think, two touches in the second half, but it resulted in Zach Moss carrying the ball eleven times, sixty-six yards. I mean, this guy was one of the worst running backs yeah. I've ever seen, for like the first two three years in this league. Not quite as bad as Kalen Balash, but you know, mm-hmm. he was he was trending toward toward that direction. But I got to give him credit, man. He's reinvented himself this year and is a legitimately good runner. I don't know what he did. All the credit in the world to Zach Moss for turning himself into a legitimate starting caliber NFL running back. And he's rushed for uh, this season. I, I got to rattle them all because it's just so impressive. 88, 122, 70, 165, then a dub with 21, 57, 66. And four, the last four of those was with Jonathan Taylor back. So I, just, I, I think we're going to get a lower number this week. If it's anything under like 35 yep. or so, I'm gonna to have to go over on that one. The Carolina Panthers are dreadful against the run. Uh, they're allowing five yards per carry, 126 rushing yards per game to running back. I'm, running I'm all in on that Zach Moss this right week. There, that was getting unaware more work of work than we expect.
0: Pretty dreadful to we'll say the least. And looking at their schedule of the running backs, they've gone against. They played against the Texans. They played against the Vikings, and like it's not just it's not the best schedule running that said at least. It really just goes to show how bad they've been on that side of the ball. But uh, kick is you, Kyle, anything you like here.
1: Yeah, no, I'm telling Cass's idea here that they're going to be able to run the ball. I'm not comfortable picking who they're going to run the ball with, so I'm going to stay away from the prop market. I'll just take the Colts minus two and a half. It's under the number, under the key number of three. You've got a Carolina offense that can't do much. And in this Minshew era, over the last three games, last three starts, all Minshew starts, there's 199 total points scored in Colt games. Obviously, they're giving up some of that. They're scoring some of it. Yeah, yeah, it's the Colts. It's the Minshew experience. It's all over the place. But I don't think the Panthers can keep up with that and take advantage of the chaos. So, so if the Colts get to mid-20s, right that's going to be enough to cover this. I'll say they win by a touchdown. Cowboys-Eagles
0: game of the week. Full disclosure, we have one Eagles fan here myself and one Cowboys fan and Cats. So we'll start with the uh, impartial person here the, with no bias involved, no stake here from an emotional standpoint. Kyle, Eagles are three-point favorites at home against the Cowboys. This is the first game between Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts since early 2021. Since then, Hurts has been a runner for MVP, played in the Super Bowl, and ascended to being a top 10 quarterback that's being conservative in the NFL. So a lot has changed since then. So I want to get your thoughts on this one. It's a really highly anticipated match of a lot at stake here. This could be the matchup to play for the one seed or the five seed coming down later in the season. So what are your thoughts here? What are you leaning with? Anything
1: you like. I think the Eagles have a better roster, but are we sure Jalen Hurts is right with that knee? That scares me a little bit here as a favorite in a divisional matchup. That's always going to be—you would think—would be a close game. So I'm staying away from that. I do think he maybe runs a little bit less, and if that is the case, Dallas Goddard is my play here over 43 and a half receiving yards. He's got at least seven targets in five of his last seven games, and we know the Cowboys are tough on receivers. And if that's going to be the case, Goddard, a bunch of cheap catches can get there without. Posting a big number through the this past game, I think he could get something like six for fifty, and that's not sexy and it's not exciting. And you've got lots of talent on both ends. Yeah, before but I get Scotters, the cats, give my I'll give play here, I want to know what cats is doing with his either squad side because in, uh, prime time, I'm huh?
0: too emotionally invested in this game to take the Eagles. And of all the NFC rivalries, I only consider the Cowboys to be actual rival because that's only that's the only team where we have meaningful games against and that play us that are capable of beating us. When I mean, the Commanders play us close, they had a win against us last year, but we had a meaningful game against them since uh, it was Chip Kelly's last game as Eagles head coach. And the Giants, don't get me started on that rivalry. We don't think – there's their there's own challenges whatsoever. We beat them every year. Yeah, it's basically like what Joel Embiid said about the Sixers versus Celtics. Sixers the hammer Celtics now. That's yeah. basically how a Giants answer sum up. the Eagles-Giants rivalry. But I'm on the over here. The Eagles offense plays a lot better at home than on the road. I mean, they did put up 38 points at Washington last week, but essentially a home game for them. They always have the majority of the fans. And each of the last starts, I mean, each of Hertz's last starts at home game at the last season, they score at least 21 points in all those games. Hertz is just much better at home. I am I do agree with my concerns about his injury, but as long as he could stay in the pocket and has time to throw, he's he's playing the best ball of his career as a passer right now, for being honest. Like last week might have been the best game of his career. And that was with the bad knee injury. But at the same time, Commander's defense a lot worse than the Cowboys' defense. But as long as they're able to protect him offensive line in full strength, as long as contain Micah Parsons, I think he's been able to connect to AJ Brown a lot again. Devontae had a huge game with the Cowboys last year. On the flip side, Dak has pretty much owned this matchup since Sirianni has been head coach. Obviously, he's not the defensive play caller, but, and they do have a new defense coordinator this year, but it's still that same bend of a bend don't break scheme. That Dax will tackle right underneath. So I like the over here. It was at 46, now 46 and a half. I would still play it as long as below 48. Cats, you're the Cowboys fan on this call, on this podcast. What are your thoughts here? Do you agree with that over? Do you like your Cowboys here? Any player props?
2: I have so many thoughts. It, it's really hard to like collect them all into a coherent narrative, but I'll do my best. First off, As a jaded Cowboys fan, I don't expect my team to win any of these games. And historically, I've been very, very good at actually, despite the Cowboys fan, you know, obviously I I can't separate the the, the inherent bias, but I've been pretty objective with this team and understanding when they're going to absolutely smoke somebody and when they're going to lose. Like, I mean, my biggest play of my betting career, and I, you know, we don't throw the word lock around ever in betting, but I, like, every once in a while like maybe once every like three years you'll be like this is a hundred percent i guarantee you this it was last year when the cowboys were one point favorites over the undefeated at the time of vikings i believe they were undefeated at the time i was like this is the biggest lock ever this game will not be closed cowboys everything you have in the cowboys and i i will do that maybe once every like three years and i've done that also in the other direction i'm like okay this is a must win Cowboys in this game they're not winning this game <laughs> i feel that way about this one like the minus three spread from the Eagles makes me feel like, okay, the Cowboys probably should win this game. I feel like the, if I was, if an objective third party would say, I like the Cowboys in this game. But me knowing the Cowboys and knowing Dak Prescott, man, he is just such a, uh, the highest of highest, lowest yeah. of lowest type of quarterback. When he's playing well, he legitimately looks like a Hall of Fame level talent. I mean, like last week, he just, everything is clicking. He does everything right. He did it against the Bucs last year in the playoffs. We've seen this time and time again. When he's on, he is on. When he is off, he just, can, he just can't seem to get it going. He, he makes poor decisions. He throws into, into tight windows. He throws into double coverage. He, he turns the ball over. And if we get that Dak Prescott this week, then the Cowboys have no chance. I am not touching this side in this one. So I'm going to go through the player prop section. I want to take Tony Pollard's rushing yards under because the yep. Eagles. Are one of the best run defense in the league. They're they're a, and they're a pass full-on defense. That's more important. Is they have had the worst pass defense in the league yet. They're only allowing three point six yards per carry and fifty two rushing yards per game. That's more because teams know you beat the Eagles by throwing on them. But Pollard uh, is finally coming out now that you know that, that Pollard struggles on the ground, his efficiency and like the Cowboys are now more aware of it. Pollard's more aware of it. I had this sneaking feeling that's based on no data. That Powell is just going to have a really strong game on the ground this week, which he obviously shouldn't based on the matchup and this in the situation. So it, the math and this, this is just telling me to take Powell is under, but my gut is telling me that it's yeah, the over. I might be so just ultimately, so after all this, this game I'm not betting anything. I'm playing
0: against, against <laughs> our biggest rival, my least favorite team in sports. Uh, that's I don't need. I don't need to have any money in this game. I just want to watch the game as a fan and just pray for a win. But I will say, I think it's very unlikely that either team sweeps a series this year. I think it's almost a lock that it goes one and one. I mean, I was right out the stats for Dak. He has 11 touchdowns and one interception in three games against the Eagles since Sirianni's been head coach. You got to throw one of those games out the window because the Eagles were playing all their backups and they had a wild card uh, spot locked up in 2021. And that was before they had James Bradbury. And you thought the pass defense has been bad this year. It was like the biggest passing funnel I've ever seen that first year with Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon on the staff. So this is a really tough one. Three points seems really fair. I get. I bet when they play in Dallas, we'll see – a similar-ish spread. Home field advantage is probably worth two points now, and then Eagles probably a slightly better team. They're pretty healthy at the moment. Really, the only guys to be out for this one is Bradley Roby, who just signed off the street. So, how good can he really be as a nickel corner? And he probably get killed by C.D. Lamb in this matchup. Anyway, Kevin Byer played every snap last week. New addition, should have more familiarity with the defense. So, I like him there. Moving on to the next game, Giants versus the Raiders. I'm gonna throw this at you guys. The Raiders fire their head coach, fire their GM, fire the offensive coordinator, bench their starting quarterback, got embarrassed on primetime, on a three-game losing streak, yet they're still favored. The Giants are just that bad. And let me throw another stat at you guys. Per Evan Abrams at Action Network, the team total under for the Raiders this year is undefeated. And in this well, The Raiders are the
2: game, only team in the NFL to not score 21 points this year.
0: Yeah, they're just crazy. And in this one, as bad as the Giants have been offensively, their defense in recent weeks has looked really good. I mean, they played the Jets last week, so maybe it's overvaluing overvaluing a little bit. But since they played the Bills a few weeks ago, their second EPA per play on defense. And Kayvon Thibodeau has really been coming on. They have a really good pass rush. Dexter Lawrence taking a little bit of a hit, trading Leonard Williams. Good trade by them, though. I'm just not sure either team would score any points here. This seems like one of those really easy low-point-unders Go the Raiders in this one. Antonio Pierce now is interim head coach. Every time I have, there's like a defensive-minded rah-rah head coach. I just see them as one of those guys that's preaching a locker and that we have to establish the run and just play physical and just gonna just ground and pound all day long, lead that clock. And the Giants. Oh my god. Daniel yeah. Jones will be back for this one. I'm not so sure. Not so sure. Excuse me about Andrew Thomas. They won't have Darren Waller. I just don't know how you could trust Daniel Jones. Total is only at thirty-seven and a half. There's juice on the under. I'll play that under. 2017 win for one side at most i can see those points here kyle what are your thoughts on this one
1: yeah i mean you mentioned it i'm gonna go with a prop here because i'm not touching this game if you tell me i have to bet on either one of these teams then you got to find a better way to spend your sunday but I got Michael Meyer over 24 and a half receiving yards. He's got at least a 19-yard catch in three of his last four games. We've seen him slightly more involved. You get the rookie under center, maybe more checkdowns instead of trying to force the ball to Jacoby or Devontae Adams here. But realistically, over 24 and a half receiving yards, not a high total. And so I think he's going to have more receiving yards the minutes I spend thinking about this game. Don't spend too
0: much time watching or betting on this game just because – it's not going to be a enjoyable football game, say the least, and Eagles-Cowboys are going to be on the exact same time and on national TV. So watch that game instead unless you have multiple TVs or if you have a lot of fantasy stake in this one here. Even if you're a Giants-Raiders fan, skip this game. Just you, you want either If you're a fan of either team you want to lose to get a high pick in the draft, Cats, any place
2: for you here? This screams unders on player props for you. It does, but it also screams Devontae Adams, squeakiest of wheels. I mean, it doesn't get squeakier than this. Even with A- Aidan O'Connell? Aidan O'Connell just peppers Devontae with targets. The thing with backup quarterbacks is typically, or well, especially bad. rookie backup quarterbacks, yeah. is they're not as advanced, as advanced in their ability to go through progressions. Exactly. Who's read so. one? Devontae Adams. You know who wasn't read one enough for Drew for, uh, Garoppolo last week? Yep. Uh, Devontae Adams. And even when he did throw it to him, I mean, oh, my God. It, what uh, We all saw it. Everyone watched him just airmail throw after throw. We saw Devontae Adams slam his hell on the sidelines and mouth some words that I'm not going to say on this podcast. Uh, I mean, so, Some might say that Devontae Adams had a hand, everything that went, that went down here. I mean, I'm just speculating. Mm-hmm. Now that I, I, don't, I know nothing about that. But, I mean, Devontae Adams was obviously not happy about the team situation. And you have to think that he's feeling at least a little better this week, that there are changes in place. And you have to think that interim head coach Antonio Pierce, former New York Giant, by the way, yeah. will – want to get the ball to the best player on his team. So I don't, we don't have a receptions line yet for Devontae Adams. I'm more inclined to go receptions than receiving yards in this one because I could see this just be like a get the ball to Devontae quickly as opposed to anything okay. downfield, any sort of efficiency. So if I get like five and a half, then I'll take the over. Six and a half, I'd be a little more hesitant.
0: Yeah, I got to throw a couple stats at you guys here. Let's start with a narrative uh, interim head coach in their uh, first game. We saw Jeff Saturday last year up upset the spot. Against the Raiders, ironically, yeah. So since 2010, interim head coaches <laughs> and their that was terrible. Yeah. are 15-10 to 10 against the spread. But the Raiders are favored here. And of those times, there's been seven of those times which those team has been favored. They've gone four and three ATS, which is I'd say is good. But at the same time, the other team has to be so bad that a team that just fired their coach is favored. So I'm not taking that stat too seriously, Ed. We're talking about Ian O'Connell. Right. Last time, he in his first career start, against went against a really bad Chargers defense. His QBR that game, six. That's a stat out of 100. A uh, six QBR out of 100 against a really <laughs> bad Chargers defense. So that's kind of why I like the under here. At the same time, though, there's another game where turnovers are definitely in play, especially Max Crosby going against whoever he's going against in that Giants offensive line. Next game, finally, not finally, we did have the Eagles Cowboys, but actually a good quarterback matchup this week, especially with Joe Burrow looking really healthy. The Bills traveling to Cincinnati on Sunday Night Football, great primetime game by the way. Like finally, right? This one, Bengals short home favorites, one and a half points. Oh yeah, they look like the team that we've been accustomed to seeing making the playoffs, having these big playoff runs the last couple of years. Joe Burrow definitely need that bye week. Looked really healthy last week. Had a really good game. AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Their defense, too, played really well against the 49ers defense, causing problems for Purdy, creating turnovers. Their defense coordinator remains one of the best in the NFL, especially in the situation against really good teams. At, this, at the same time, here, Bills coming off a long week. Their win last week looked a lot better than the score indicated because the Buccaneers having the longest drive down two scores in NFL history. Don't fact check that. Kind of funny with that one. I had the Bucks team oh my total God. over. 16 and a half, but I also live bet the Bills minus six and a half. So when they got that two point conversion, it canceled each It was basically a wash, which is just the worst <laughs> feeling. I definitely should have hit both those bets if Todd Bowles was, oh, yeah. if the one time Todd Bowles relied on the analytics, it cost me. Usually he's, that's a foreign language to say the least. But for this one, I don't have a strong play here. I lean the Bengals just Behind. Like the home team being a short favorite. Yeah. Same time, Bills have a long week. It's a revenge spot for them that they got blown out of playoffs against them last year. I still don't trust their defense with the injuries on that side of the ball. Bengals offense is humming right now. Uh, Cats, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: I I like the Bengals and these teams met in week 17 last year. That was the the unfortunate DeMar Hamlin incident. And I do think the Bengals were trending toward just lighting up the bills in that game. They were already leading at the time of the incident and they were driving again to, to take an even bigger lead. And then of course we had the playoff uh, victory with the Bengals advancing to the AFC title game. Um, yeah, this is just, uh, this is the best game of the week. It's two, well, I mean, I guess you can call the Chiefs Dolphins the best game of the week. So we had two really good games this week, whoa, but whoa, the Bills whoa. and Bengals. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you know what? We got three of them. All right. I, I'm just so used to to, to just Cowboys bad football. Eagle's we so many too. <laughs> terrible quarterbacks matching up against each other that it's it's refreshing to see the the Bills and the Bengals on the schedule. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game. I struggle to see a scenario where I bet on it, though. I think I'm just going to watch this game as a football fan and as someone who is going to have a ton of fantasy investment in it. But there, there's nothing that really stands out to me on any size or totals. And I haven't really dove into props yet on this because we don't have a lot yet on these two teams.
0: You're a better man than me. Every time I say I'm just going to watch this game not have any money, that never holds up. <laughs> That's as believable as same, Parker Smith same. coach speaks, saying we get B. J. Robinson the ball if he ever says it, but even he hasn't gone to that point of lying. Um, Kyle, I know you're betting on this game. What are your
1: favorite plays right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. We're gonna have an isolated game here. There'll be NBA on. You know, we got things to do during this window. I'll be watching it, but don't don't take that to mean I won't have money on the game. I think if you're looking at this market you mentioned both offenses trending in the right direction the bills defense is banged up i would lean with you guys on the bangles that's not where i'm going quite yet. You can get plus 165 170 range for both quarterbacks to throw multiple touchdowns. And I think if this game gets rolling, we've seen Josh Allen running less. We saw Gabe Davis get more involved with the short pass game. We know the upsides there. And obviously Joe Burrow and company looked healthy last week. So if you get them both to throw two or more touchdown passes, you get your plus money. You get exciting. You get something to root for. You get cats' fantasy teams doing well. You know Everybody what? wins there. You Let's put some like, money in our pocket. Plus the
0: kind of the defense, as you mentioned, the Bills defense. Defense, how bad they've been, mentioned as well, since they've had this injuries on those side of the ball. And the Bengals, a lot of credit for them last week. Holding the 49ers at 17 points. They forced three turnovers though, and the 49ers have 460 yards of offense and 8.2 yards per play. So if you dig a little deeper, it's not as impressive defensive performance as all the accolades are getting for it. But at the same time, it's the 49ers, it's Kyle Shanahan, all those weapons, even though they're missing Samuel and Trump Williams at left tackle. So don't mind taking those overs there. Total for this one is at 49 and a half. That's got to be the highest of the week of not for a Germany game. Gives me a little pause there, but if you are if you shouldn't be afraid to take low total the under on low totals, shouldn't be afraid to take the over on high totals. Last game of the week, Chargers versus Jets. This spread was at Chargers minus three. It's now at three and a half. True. I'm really torn on this one. I don't have a strong opinion on either side yet. For me, I kind of... Don't like either side here. It's kind of weird to say. I mean, the Jets, that's got to be the least gratifying win a team could possibly have. You had to win in overtime to beat a team that you held to negative passing yards, and we're going against Tommy DeVito, a character from Goodfellas. Shout out to Syracuse, though, former quarterback from my alma mater. But they'll be going against an actual quarterback this time. But at the same time, they played really well against the quarterbacks this year. They're 2-1 and against... Josh Allen, Patrick Holmes, and Jalen Hurts. Yes, I included Jalen Hurts in the elite quarterback category with two of the, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, he's not quite to their ability, but he's still one of the top echelon quarterbacks. Against those quarterbacks, they allowed just three touchdown passes and eight interceptions. You could argue they should have gone three and zero in those games. They got kind of robbed against the Chiefs. Same time, the Eagles kind of gifted them that game. But for this one, too, there's been a lot of hype around the development of Zach Wilson as a quarterback. I feel like it's a little bit overstated because it, it couldn't get any lower, and the bar was extremely low. They're passing off and still the worst in the NFL by EPA per play and success rate. Total's at 40.5. That's bad as a charter's defense is. I just don't see the Jets putting out many points as anybody unless they force a lot of turnovers. And we've seen this Chargers' offense struggle against good defenses in recent weeks like the Cowboys, like the Chiefs. Kyle, I'll start with you. Anything you're eyeing in this one on Monday night?
1: Not yet, and without a full prop buffet to go to here, I'm not looking to lock anything in yet. We'll have a same-game parlay article up on the site for this game when the time comes, so you can Mm. rest assured that we will have... I'm not the disciplined one like cats. I can't just sit back and watch this game. This will have money on it in the form of a same-game parlay, so rest assured that we will have liens gut feel right now would be the chargers money line i'm not laying over a field goal because every team or every game this team plays is close is tight is a sweat so i think they yeah, win I'm this game there. because i'm Cats taking justin no herbert over zach moment, wilson but i'm not I laying the number a
0: fan duel. so
2: i've got one
0: prop you like but are there any players that you're waiting off for props
2: no i've actually i on DraftKings i've got a uh, line on Brees hall 57 and a half rushing yards and the Chargers have been pretty good against the run recently. They're only allowing 3.7 yards per carry, only 74 rushing yards per game total. Now, I know against the Jets, it's basically entirely Brees Hall. So if he gets 74 yards, he obviously goes over. But Brees Hall has only gotten fifty six yards in five of his – sorry. He's only, got, he's only gotten over 56 yards in two games this season. In both those games, that was week one where he had that one long run against the yeah. Bills. And then in week five against the Broncos where he had 22 carries for 177 yards. Every other game, he has been quite inefficient. has really had nowhere to go. Last two games, 12 for 17 and 12 for 39. It is not his fault, but that is just the situation he finds himself in. And over those last two games, he has been far more effective as a receiver. With 6 for 76 through the air against the Giants. And the week before against the Eagles, he had 5 for 54 through the air. So I am looking at... uh, I'm looking more in the on, along to Brees Hall's under, especially because I think that the way you want to use him against this Chargers specifically is by throwing to him because the Chargers, 24% of the targets that they face have gone to running backs. That is one of the highest rates in the league. So that's, that's, that's I mean, we're, we're backing on rational coaching here, but I do think that there has been this deliberate effort to use Brees Hall out of the backfield as a receiver. I think if they do that again this week, we could see him once again limited to the t- 10 to 12 carry range. And if this game does Get out of hand, but potentially, because, again, the Chargers, in theory, should be able to, to move the ball. They are the better offense. Then negative game script, uh, less running for the Jets, more passing, and then that's just fewer rushing yards for Brees Hall. So I'm leaning toward the honor, but given that it's only Thursday, I have not locked it in just yet.
0: Yeah, you mentioned him as a weapon in the passing game. Last week, he had nine targets, which is a lot for a running back, to say the least. So that's a wrap for previewing. Excuse me. The Week 9 Sunday slate we will be back for Monday Night Football, Monday morning. Kyle, Katz, thank you for joining me. And now uh, for everybody listening, we'll see you Monday morning.